This is a test of the emergency podcast system. Repeat, this is a test of the emergency podcast system. Disaster Girls is an unironic excavation of disaster movies with profiles as high as the tallest volcano and as low as the Marianas Trench. In order to ensure your safety and enjoyment, please remain calm and keep your ears locked on your hosts, myself, Jordan Gruciola, and me, Amanda Smith. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Disaster Girls. It is I, your co-host, Jordan Gruciola. And it's me, Amanda Smith. And today we are tackling the spiritual prequel, the uh, the cosmic cousin of Moonfall, Earthfall. Yeah. It was, as we expected, kind of a, a melding of yeah. Moonfall and When Worlds Collide. Yeah. Um, and it was, I'd like to think sort of the, these are the, we were following in this case the people who wouldn't normally be our protagonists. That really, that kept like popping up in my mind as I was watching this was like, these are our here like, Profession-wise, it was like, these are our heroes. I was sure when we met Disaster Husband that he was, uh, he had to be a scientist writing, like, a research paper because some overly quirky friend in overalls bursts into his door and is, like, literally says in a movie from 2015, you haven't been on the blogosphere. Okay, I'm so glad that you caught that, too, because as soon as they said that, I had to, like, pause it. I had to check with, I was like, was this movie made in 2002 and then later released? No one, 2015 was not that long ago. 2015 using, I don't think we still, like people weren't still referring to blogs anymore. Like we don't use that term. We weren't using that term by 2015. People weren't just, it was, it would have been like saying. There's so much about this movie that felt like 2006, seven. And it is wild. I mean, I guess that's a perfect testament to what, made for tv disaster movie time is is that movies from 2015 have to feel at least like they're 10 years earlier if it's 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 from 2005 it's from 1995 (laughs) it's sort of like how trends travel inward and then the joke like there was a joke on how i met your mother that takes trends even longer to get to canada (laughs) oh yeah that's right (laughs) with robin sparkles yeah oh yeah 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 so it was kind of the same like so maybe like disaster movies that are like big budget those are allowed to, those are set in modern era, but yeah. it sort of slowly percolates inward and then you end up 10 years behind and have a dude saying blogosphere with a straight face in a movie. In, in Wearing overalls, wearing overalls. Vince wearing overalls track, like Vince, Vince as a character, I was like, yeah, I don't know who this guy is, but I'm glad that that actor does. Yeah, he, yeah, there was a very, very, there's a clarity of purpose. Mm-hmm. Um, but like when he burst into the house, I was like, oh, it's they're science guys. He's a weird, quirky science guy. Mm-hmm. And this is the serious science guy. And when he's like, you're still writing that book. I was like, this has to be a book about like tectonic plates. Like this guy's writing his latest academic tome. He's just a fiction writer, I think. Yeah. Yeah. He's just a fiction he's just writer. A, he's just a novelist. Yeah. He he brings no skills to the table. He is simply a man searching for his family. Well, the there thing is, is, no, is that I would, he doesn't I even know what the fuck's going on. that a writer has no skills to the, brings no skills to the table. Because theoretically, a writer, God knows I know, right, he would a lot of random... all over the place. <laughs> 
I was going to say that he would know a lot of random shit about a lot of random things because you never want to see the search history for any writer. Like, no matter what, no matter what you're working on. this guy's research. Yeah, that's that's a different issue, which we will get into that man's understanding of science shortly because, oh boy, did that make me have to stop. But um, but yeah, no, you're right. Just nothing but self-loathing. But he was very, he was a very confident writer um, in the way that, like, he had all the confidence of an underqualified white guy. It, it made... I liked the character Vince. Like, he he was mm-hmm. very consistent. But he stopped making sense when it became clear neither of them were scientists. Because it was just like, oh, you're just weird. Yeah. Like, you're not science guy weird, which is a constant disaster trope. And, like, the wife is the one who had the more topically oriented job. But she was away from it for so long that, like, her skills didn't really mean anything either. Yeah. And uh, these aren't even things that, like, annoyed me. It was just funny to, it was like it, it was like it was straying from the formula and yet couldn't divorce itself from the formula. So it was, like, really in between, it like, disaster movie classic stuff. And, like, it was, it was, but it wasn't like, it, this movie was so weird. It wasn't even like it was half-assing it. It was just, like, I don't know what is I don't know what's going to come next from either of you people because I don't actually know your character types like and these aren't movies yeah. for character development because like op, like also it, it he was like the engaged father and she was like the disengaged mom. I was like this should have been a movie where these were divorcees. Right. So that's the, they were married. They were married. They were married and apparently just like absentee to both of, to each other. Um, because his Very, job, like, it's he's not like, we've got a 5 p.m. standing call and nobody cares about it but him. Nobody right. cares about it but him. And also, so she works for some sort of government agency or for some sort of research institute doing some sort of ground imaging, sourcing, locating gases. I don't know. She locates Yeah, a huge she knows where natural gas is. She locates a huge pocket of natural gas. We never really get a qual- like any sort of clarification on what her job type is or what her skill set is no. or even how she located them. She sits at a desk. She looks concerned. Meanwhile, he is a writer living in a huge house alone in Los Angeles. And I just kind of feel, and he's upset that she isn't coming back, that her work has been extended. And I don't know. I just kind of feel like as a writer... Your job could probably be where she is. Like, there was that conflict that I didn't fully... And the daughter, meanwhile, is in college. So it's not like he's got to stay there while the daughter... They are all three in separate locations, and he does not need to be in the location he is in. But I appreciated that we didn't get what we normally get with these movies, which is the moment of fight of, you should have been there. And then, like, where you have to pretend you are invested in the emotional conflict there. There was none of that, which grateful for i didn't need to have the dad yelling about how he's the only one holding this family together that was fine right it was it did none of none of what was happening made sense um in <laughs> any their, way shape with the or emotional with their, landscape of that family not yeah. at all not no, at all with the physical landscape of that family because they were all close enough to be able to get to be able to get to the same locations with i yeah. didn't understand it i didn't know where we were located or i mean i guess not that it did take like it there was a 10 day gap but still like but i didn't by understand the time they're, they're physically moving. right cuz like they've like right where is this fucking music festival okay wait yeah, we know I where have they no are idea. 
Because they're like on the map, they're in the Mountain West. They're in like Montana, Idaho, where they're getting blown up. Right. This is just occurring to me right now that that's yeah. where they were. So that's what was confusing because at first I was like, okay, it kind of sounds like he's in Los Angeles, the daughter's up in San Francisco or something. something. And then like something, it seemed like she was just from the generals, like she's in a college, she's in a college that has a, a major music festival and looking at like obviously the set location, it just seemed West Coasty. Um, and oh, yeah. The mom, the mom I assumed was somewhere on the East Coast and I didn't know where. But she, her drive time was like a day yeah. to get to. It was like, oh, so you were just in the area where your daughter had. The geography of this movie is like true detective season two levels of ridiculous. <laughs> I love, I love Michelle Stafford. Happy to see her. I never can recall anything she's in, but I'm always glad she's there. And you know what I thought? I thought the daughter, I thought Rachel, she was pretty great. Really? Yeah, I, I thought... I thought the uh, disaster child of this one, I, she was she was top marks for me. She this little Olivia Rodrigo was <laughs> she had she had spunk. She D- Denise taunts. Yeah, she to you uh, for looking straight out of 2007 yourself in this movie, despite it being 2015. Um, she had the annoying she had the annoying disaster friend who. Shouts out to this movie for letting her make it to the end. I was like, I kind of don't want to see this kid die. Like, yeah. I, I kind of, especially with the circumstances that they ended up in. And she's like, she's she's not whiny. She's not bratty. She has like, a, a, she has a good head on her shoulders, as they say in the movie. I like the disaster child. I like disaster mom. Disaster dad. Totally overshadowed by Vince, which I'm completely fine with. Okay, so I fall on the opposite end of this with the daughter because okay. the daughter drove me fucking crazy. Oh, I liked um, her so only, much. Well, so here's my thing. The daughter fell victim to the classic writer trope, uh, dude writer trope of women don't have self, don't have survival skills. Totally. Sure. Um, and by, by that, I mean, <laughs> okay, so we, at this point in the, so there are, the meteors have struck basically to give you guys an explanation of what is happening in Earthfall. That's right. um, a rogue planet drifts by the Earth, pulls us off of our axis, flips us on our side, yeah. which ha- happened in the movie. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. We can discuss shortly if that's what killed the dinosaurs, according to Disaster Dad. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> yeah, like I said, I don't so trust flip- his research. Mm-hmm. So flips it on its side, and of course, chaos ensues. Uh, one of their friends gets hit by a very targeted meteor, thus killing him. Very much just, so. Like these these meteors are heat seeking meteors. They yeah. don't just hit things and destroy them. They go directly for cars, for people. Yeah, it is. They are they are on a mission. <laughs> they are um, on a mission. So anyway, so one of their friends has been. They're at. They're going to a music festival up in the mountains somewhere. One of their friends has been killed by a meteor. They decide that instead of staying put put in the safe place that they're at, they should go to these coordinates they found called safe haven. Yeah. Um, because understandably, if you have something called safe haven in a apocalyptic scenario, one yeah. would assume that is a code for a safe place. Fun fact, that's not what ends up happening. Right. Yeah. Which was actually to me a, a like that did genuinely surprise me, but we'll get to that. So anyway, so they're <laughs> They're walking. So the two disaster daughter, her best, her friend, blonde girl, and then guy 
yeah. are walking through the woods uh, because Guy has decided they're going to go to safe haven. And they come across two guys walking who have guns. Yeah. Um, two men rogue wandering in the landscape with weapons. Yeah. Two not not chill looking men. Yeah, just two guys who look like they've been preparing for this scenario. Yeah. And- who look like they've been looking forward to it. You know, it's one of those things where, like, you don't want to judge people for their appearances, but you do want to judge someone for being a little too ready for the apocalypse. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like, that's, I think that's a fair assessment is, you know, I'm mentally prepared for the apocalypse, but I'm not physically prepared for the apocalypse. (laughs) I don't know that I would trust anyone who is like, I've been waiting for this day. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because I recognize that, like, even my mental preparation for the apocalypse is just shy of crazy. (laughs) Yeah. If I were in a place to be physically prepared for it, no, that's off. That's off the deep end. That's yeah. That's spending way too much time in parts of the internet that I don't trust. So yes. anyway, the the guy is like, I, so the girls are like, oh, other people, maybe they can help us. And the guy's like, no, come on, we gotta hide. And then says, I don't trust anybody. I don't trust strangers with guns. Reasonable. And so reasonable, but reality index wise, for me, Jordan. Yeah. And this is an ongoing thing that happens over and over again, over again, these movies is the girls are always like, Ooh, strangers, we can trust them. And the guys are always like, no, we have to be careful. Yeah. In my experience. And I'm guessing in yours too. Dead exact opposite. Exactly. Absolutely dead exact opposite. Yeah. There has never been a situation where a girl's been like, Oh, guys with guns that I don't know. I bet they'll help us. And the guy being like, no, we can't trust them. Whereas what would probably have happened reality index wise is the girls are in like, no, we probably should avoid them. And the guy's like, what do you mean? We're out here. We have no water. They have guns. They're probably yeah. prepared. Yeah. Don't come on. Let's be logical about this. Yeah. That's, that's absolutely, especially like, again, this is 20, this is 2015. Yeah. This is like, this is Gen Z ish. This yeah. is, I, these people know stranger danger. Uh, I, these people are natives of the internet. Uh, these are not, these would not be babe in the wood children. Yes. Like these are college girls. These are I don't think girls. they're down for that little, oh yeah, let's go to the guys with guns out in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. Like that's, we will be sexually okay if that happens. That's the thing. So that was, so as soon as that happened and, uh, and in general, like the disaster daughter and her friend kind of just seemed to be dead weight for prior to that Mm -hmm. and then that happened and i was like oh (laughs) these are the girls we're getting these are the kind of girls we're gonna get through this movie which is girls who make at every turn the worst possible decision i felt like i i liked the because i feel like what carried me through with uh with our with our daughter rachel Mm -hmm. is she had there wasn't a whininess there wasn't she had a good like she had good sass about her. Yes. There wasn't a pushover or naivete quality, which I appreciated. And I feel like we get a lot in these things. This is somebody who I would have hung out with. Is who I, and I I never want to hang out with these people. I know. I, I thought the there crying was girl. Nothing, but oh the crying girl, but the crying girl had already experienced like severe dehydration and now yeah. was like I felt really bad for the crying girl because oh, yeah. they were so clearly unprepared and she was not ready to be walking through the woods, nor should she have had to. No, no, like, she shouldn't have been prepared for that for her festival weekend. Yeah, no, that girl was ready for for a Coachella situation and instead she got a forced march. And I don't think that it was fair <laughs> to expect her to be prepared for that. But mm-hmm. I did think it was ridiculous when Disaster Daughter 
was like, why are we hiding from the military? And the answer is that was hilarious. Yeah, because you're trespassing on military grounds. What do you think was going to happen? Why would we be hiding Hiding. from the military? It's like because all bets are off, kiddo. So that's again why I'm like this. I could not get on board with Disaster Daughter because at every turn I was just like, are you new? Did you miss all of this? <laughs> did you wake up? Is every time you blink, did she her brain reset every three minutes like a goldfish? Like it was really uh, like again, to, like I didn't look up the date of this movie until the very end. Yeah. So I was like, I'm going to be surprised at the end when I look up when this was made. And I would have guessed at latest 2011. Yeah. Like it like couldn't have been far outside that aughts halo. So when it was 2015, like the phone that she had in her hand, it's like, that's fucking pre iPhone right there. This is like mm. barely post iPhone. She, she, this, this young, again, kind of Gen Zer is like, oh yeah, we can trust the military. Like, oh yeah. yeah, those guys, like, it was like somebody just wrote you who had a daughter who was a teenager in the 2000s. And that was the last time they knew what a teenager ever thought or felt or did. Because like, you are not. You are not a modern woman, my friend. Yeah, even even if this like even if she's not a perpetually online Gen Zer. Yeah. Like, again, still, given all of the circumstances, she's asking questions that I didn't understand why those questions were getting asked when they were like hiding in a cave during a meteor strike. And she's like, <laughs> we should keep walking. <laughs> and the guys very reasonably were like, no, we need to stay. And I mean, the abducting guys were creepy about it and intense, uh-huh. but they can't help their tone. <laughs> they don't like I honestly spent a good chunk of this movie being like, what if those guys are totally fucking normal? Yeah, no, there was they they were clearly if they had wanted to sell those guys as just like ordinary until the point where they flip, it would have been totally believable. They, they made them, especially hat, like hat guy, all hat yeah. all the time guy. They made him like scary to start with. Yeah, but, they like, were the like things menacing. they were saying. They weren't getting like reproductive cult until the very, very end of things. And it was like, no, we shouldn't like we shouldn't let the military see us. Those drones overhead do seem like a problem. Like it's martial law out there. Like they were not even in a like a truth or go off the grid kind of sense like well they got a point like no they were just being like pretty reasonable yeah about how things had deteriorated and what that the implications of that were and up to the point where they were like we need to start a new society and us two guys are starting it with you two girls it was like okay now yeah you're the creepy sex perverts we thought you've been the entire time but haven't actually shown us you are until this moment because like the whole like you think your government cares about you it's like yeah the government doesn't care about us right that was we know that they were actually being fairly reasonable and actually pretty nice to bring along these at the time when it starts three stragglers you were just going to (laughs) be added added weight to their whole trip and then they had to have had a plan to kill the guy friend right like they were definitely going to kill him i'm sure that they had and then the targeted meteor did it for him exactly that's the thing and they made it and the girls were like you didn't save him it's like well they grabbed the two of you to keep moving because you guys were obviously useless. Well, and the yeah. the like the two guy friends utterly freezing in the face of danger was like, listen, yeah. they, they punched their own tickets. That's Your friends stood t- in the road and let a like fucking meteor like overspray blast kill him and then your other guy literally just fell and refused to stand back up and run. So yeah, I'd say he was fucked. 
Right. That that's why I kind of don't blame I don't blame those guys for letting their friend die. It's, oh no, they didn't let him die. That guy that killed was, himself. Yeah, that it wasn't even like it was Nobody like let oh, him he, die. He didn't. It wasn't even like they tripped him and then were like, oh, his foot's broken. We should leave him behind. Yeah. No, it was none of that. The dude just was useless. Yeah, he he was just yeah he was he was an idiot. Yeah. And so a thing that really why the why ten days out that was so weird. Like and then like we start the movie and it's a hail of meteors and then we immediately go two weeks two weeks earlier and then we're back with dad trying to set up the regular 5 p.m call with his family which like you said this is a really close family 5 p.m every day mm-hmm. a scheduled call every day with your mm-hmm. family that is very close not just a call a video call a video call an internet call yeah as the interface tells us on his computer and i love how mom like ever like again how is this not a divorce family mom's like mm, i'm gonna be here for a few more months i'm not gonna make it to thanksgiving daughter's like yeah i want to go skiing it's like this is a family shambles yeah that you're talking every day at 5 p.m but then like once the once the meteors hit then we get like a glimpse of devastation and then it's like 10 days later like why not two like you're really like you want me to think that everybody's just been sitting still for 10 days being like sure worried about my family and then on day 10 they were like i gotta go find him like 10 days that woman was in her office for 10 days not getting any answers from the government that had taken it over i did not i did not understand why we needed 10 days except maybe 10 days because it's not even like the 10 days were to give to buy enough time to get people from one place to another it was just kind of just there it was an arbitrary 10 days yeah, and everyone seemed pretty okay yeah. with the fact that they had no services for 10 days. Like, that's it. Like, it's been 10 days. And then it's like, and then knowing how no one knew mm-hmm. what had been our, our protagonists until yeah, the nobody like, last knew. parts of this movie basically have no idea what the fuck is happening. Right. So the idea that they've all just been like for 10 days having no idea. And for the most part, like, aren't that demanding of answers like they're just like well whatever happens happens like guess it's the apocalypse could be nuclear war but no one's like guys what the fuck is going on like yeah. it's not a press and no concern. one seems to have sought answers either no which is what's really fast answers. like no one's asking as soon as they meet another person do you know what's happening they're just nobody nobody there's no question of of what's going on which I would argue if if you thought that you were in a nuclear war situation, you might want to know those answers more quickly. Yeah, it is like 10 days is so long mm-hmm. without any resources. And everyone is very much on the level I would expect them to be of like day after. Like, yeah, meteors fall day after we see them. But like 10 days to get frantic and be without like assured pipelines of survival essentials. Everyone is very normal considering that. It's like this did not need to be 10 days. This is crazy. Yeah, I have I have no explanation or answer about why they chose <laughs> to have it be basically two weeks after. Like why? I don't know. It didn't matter. It was unnecessary, but you know, I, I guess it was like Again, I wasn't even bothered by it. It was just like 10 days. It was, yeah, or it was just what? weird. I just ignored that on it. I kind of was like, I felt like that falls into the same category. Time in this movie fell into the same category as distance where you're just like, you can tell me whatever you want, yeah, but that does exactly. not gonna change what I believe it is. Like, like if, you can I, tell me that they're all trying to get to a location, central Idaho. 
I'm going to choose to believe they're trying to get to a place in the Sierra Nevadas because that's the only thing that makes sense. That is 100. I, I was like, oh, yeah, they're all they're Like, this is in and around the Los Angeles. All of this is happening yeah, because no. dad is the only one who's been potentially driving for 10 days. Maybe mm-hmm. if, say, he started driving the minute it happened. Mom has been not moving at all, but gets to the same location as dad in a one day timeline. Yeah. And daughter, we don't know if she's been walking for 10 straight days, how long they stayed at that motel, but like they all obviously end up on their intersecting path. Like you said, it anywhere. Just tell me it's anywhere for any amount of time. And that suddenly in five minutes, nuclear missiles are going to be uh, launched into, I don't know, the world's largest surface level natural gas reserve that's gonna i guess the idea is it will make a big enough explosion that it will stop the earth from following the rogue earth like that it will stop the gravitational pull of the second earth that's pulling it is that what the the idea is yeah i think it's like stopping it's being dragged along combined with potentially like writing the planet slightly like it was sure it was a it's a classic we're gonna nuke it and it'll fix it situation yeah i don't need more of an answer i don't need i don't need the explanation of what they think the nuke is gonna do if they're gonna tell me the nuke is gonna work if like the nuke is the end game plan as opposed (laughs) to the as opposed to the like oh it's gonna work but then it only we try it in the second act and it turns out that we need to do something else in the third if it's a if it's an end game plan you don't need to give me the reason why just tell me the nuke is gonna do it and i'll be like yeah i'm in a nuke will fix it Definitely. That is that is the one true law in disaster movies. That is what movies. we do here. Yeah. <laughs> when in doubt, try a nuke. It try, works. Yeah. Try all the ones we have. Yeah. That's. I mean, I, you know, in in my disaster movie, Moondastrophe, I have no understanding of what is causing the problem. I haven't figured out any of the science behind it. I do know I am writing to the third act of it being that they're going to fix it with a nuke because it's just like that's. <laughs> Like going into it, I was like, I know, I know all the, I, as I was outlining, I was like, I know all the character beats. I know all the things I need. I don't know the science or like why this is happening or what's going to solve it, but I know how we're going to solve it. And yeah. that's going to be nuclear bombs on the moon, nuclear bombs, nuclear bombs. It's on just the moon. what it like. That's just what it is. That is as true as yep. like a third act run through the airport moment in a rom-com. There are yeah. just certain hallmarks that you need in a modern disaster movie and a nuke is it. Yeah, it, it's and it's like nobody can complain about that. Nobody no. can complain about a nuke fixed it. No. And then there will be like, at won't? least that's at least that's a nuke on the moon. This is we're going to launch everything we have at the yeah. center of the United States and we're in an attempt to survive, which will seemingly uh, eliminate the livability. A fascinating aspect of like nuclear, I don't know, propaganda. Yeah. Of like the modern era. Is that there's no fallout right from nuclear, like unless the movie is about fallout from nuclear weapons, it doesn't exist. You can launch them into anywhere, into anything, and it's going to be a one and done. It's going to be we launched it and it's the most high capacity explosion we have. And that's why we're doing it. There's no radiation. There's no, no nothing that comes after. Well, as we have briefly discussed on this podcast about the movie threads oh no don't let's not go back to threads please don't bring us back to threads yes it's horrifying we all know we know yeah that's some fucking bullshit man yeah i mean even pandora like right like no it it doesn't it's not actually clean No. no this is not this is not 
just an explosion. This is splitting fucking atoms, man. Like this is, and I just, I, it is, I think it has managed to become, I don't know, maybe an arm of big nuke. And they're just proliferating misinformation. I I do wonder when it like, you know, you have like Vladimir Putin talking about like the yeah. worst case scenarios. And it, it like it's like it can't, it, I really feel like movies have deconditioned us from understanding the like d- closeness on the doomsday clock to midnight for nuclear weapons because we've watched so many movies where it's like, oh, well, that's not a problem unless it's the only problem. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I I mean, this is, I. if we were going down like the actual nuclear, because that is a thing that like, I know I've been thinking about a lot lately because yes, Vladimir yeah. Putin is, and that's like where my anxiety has gone. Yeah. Um, and yeah, that is, there is a bloodlessness that has been established in popular culture. And I do think probably to a large degree because of our own complete, the fact that we're the only country that has dropped nuclear bombs on people. Right. Yeah. Like the other day I was thinking about, I was like, how is that not a fucking war crime? Like we killed a bunch of innocent civilians. There was no military. Like we did not bomb military installations. That was just straight up bombing cities. cities. Yeah. Just straight up bombing cities. And I was just like saying, they're just kind of idly being like, wow, just thinking about it. Um, Mm -hmm. But so I do think to a degree, like, I kind of wonder if there is a little bit of, especially given how um, involved the military often is in these sorts of movies, in not these sorts of movies, this is too low budget, but like, we do know that when- Yeah, like a Michael Bay like, movie. Like they, a Michael Bay movie. between him and the United States government. Exactly. I think that That's like- why Armageddon, his shit looks so cool. Yeah, Armageddon. All these movies where, yes, there was assistance from the US military. And so I do kind of wonder if that- kind of trend has happened because of the influence of the military um that being said i don't in these sorts of movies i don't i don't take issue like i did so the dad as an author keeps going he keeps (laughs) saying because everyone's like oh is there gonna be a happy ending at the end of your book and he's like happy endings are so 90s and he keeps saying that (laughs) and in the last five minutes of the movie in which the daughter has been res- the daughter and her friend have been rescued by the parents um, mm. from being at ground zero of where every country's nuclear bomb arsenal is going to be fired. Seemingly because- everything. Yeah. Like there's there's a dozen nukes are being sent directly to hit a pocket of natural gas. Yeah. And they are all located directly on it. And there's a timer going and they're driving like hell. And then the car runs out of gas. Yeah. And they are not clear of the zone. And there was a brief and they were all just having this moment and everyone like genuine this more emotion from this movie than we get and more genuine fear. It was a real get. don't look up moment. Yeah. And I did briefly. I was like, oh, my God, is this movie going to do this to I us? I thought they were going to kill them all for a second. I was so amped because it would have been such it would have been as bold. It would have been had, bold if they had killed the family. This would have rocketed this movie to me. Like personally, up to earth catastrophe levels. <laughs> Not because I had any particular animosity toward the family, but just because it was like, wow, you guys yeah. took a bold fucking move. You totally. went that defies all of the tropes of the genre. Like, yep. yes. Um, and then instead they get rescued by a helicopter, but that being and then like the blast hits the helicopter and just wobbles the, it a little. It just wobbles it a little. And I was just like, that's, y'all lost me. 
because that's not how nuclear bombs or any bomb or any explosion is going to work. But particularly, there's no world in which that helicopter is getting outside of a safe blast radius. No, that was not happening that this movie, I think, more egregiously flouts any semblance of a reality index than maybe anything we've watched, like between between like just the way space and time move. Yeah. The 10 days thing, the geography thing. The like, this is, this is, we're going to launch every nuke and then there's going to be no uh, residual effect of that. We are going to launch every nuke and somehow, I love the idea that like this giant reserve of natural gas will produce a bigger explosion than all of these nuclear bombs we are about to hit the earth with. Like, well, if we blow this thing up, it will produce enough of like basically like a a reverse power thruster uh energy to like stop the earth from being dragged out of the solar system slash into the asteroid belt and it it was like no no i think guys that whatever that explosion is going to be is going to be utterly canceled out by the dozens of nuclear missiles you just sent in to hit it that's like well if we blow up this grenade i bet i can knock over the oil drum next to it so in order to blow up this grenade i am going to put 15 pounds of c4 around (laughs) i am going to explode this grenade with 15 fucking pounds of plastique and that should detonate the grenade underneath it's like i I bet it will i I bet if you hit a firecracker that yeah a fucking icbm (laughs) that firecracker will explode but you know what we'll never know because we're never gonna find that firecracker again (laughs) not even a strand of firecrackers one in relative explosive capacity to the intercontinental ballistic missile we're hitting it with. Yeah, even even <laughs> I I did think like yes, that is that to me was a ridiculous, but also I was like, you know what? Sure. Yeah, I, I loved it. I loved I, loved, I loved that aspect of it. I also loved the fact that they called that that it was Operation Safe. Um S A and they always made sure to spell it out as well. Operation Safe. S A F E. As if it was like as if that was either one a complicated acronym or two, as if we would think, wow, it's weird that they just called it Operation Safe and didn't give it an acronym. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think that people who go into the military want one of two things. They (laughs) either want to be able to kill people with impunity or they want to be able to make really weird little puns about their operations. Okay. That's just well, that's, that's also church. Like, the amount of acronyms the evangelical church in my town had. Like, it was a joke among the teens I know who went there. Mm-hmm. How many fucking acronyms they had for everything in the youth ministry in the yeah, evangelical I mean, church. Have, like, there are a lot, every job, like, in, in jewelry retail, we have nothing but acronyms. But really? Have, so oh, many yeah. acronyms in jewelry? Tons of acronyms. Oh, my God, that's so funny. But they don't normally spell things out. Like right. they don't just become like safe. Yeah, it's it's specifically <clears throat> the love of making a pun when you're either in the military or in the government making a bill. 
Because the government right. also yeah, loves they a, love an ac- they love an acronym pun bill. Yeah. And I just feel like those are those are the career paths you go down if you're like, yeah, you know what? I want to be able to just shoot people if I need to, but then also I love a good pun. I speaking of the Christians in my high school, did you have, did you happen to have a city club in your posh high school? Christ in today's youth. God, no, I went to, (laughs) no, I went to, I went to the top private school in Los Angeles. Do you know how many Jews there were? Listen, the Christians are an insidious group. No, no, no. We had, we had nothing like that. I mean, there might've been like, I don't even think there was a Christian youth group on my campus. Like there was, <laughs> there was none of that. It was, I, I am pretty sure. Cause I weirdly, like, I am pretty sure that I was friends with the largest group of non-Jews oh. of like the largest majority population non-Jews of my grade. Oh, okay. Yeah. And that, that was just like a fluke, but I, it was just weird. Like I, and I was managed. friends with a lot of Christians. So yeah, no man, I sit, what? Christ well, in today's the- youth city club. <laughs> I don't remember what gear stood for, but it stood for something at the Foursquare Church. I don't remember what drive stood for, but it stood for something. All of their acronyms were were word words. They're That's- just having so much fun. Yeah, you just, you know, okay, fine. So we're gonna expand this out. So if you want to go into youth ministry, the army or the government, <laughs> yeah. if you love a but none of those are like which is kind Jesus- of becoming the same thing. None of those are like Jesus puns. Like I would expect it to be like W-I-N-E. Yeah. A, you know, it, sure. Yeah. Fish and, uh, the fish and loathes club. But <laughs> it... I'm sure had I gotten deeper into it, I could have known these things. There's probably these are the secret clubs that they didn't give you access to. I yeah, no. And I, I wasn't knocking on that door. And I I love that the I love that we invoke the blogosphere in this movie. And then later we blame the bloggers for people coming because what safe haven actually is is the area yeah Yeah. hackers what safe haven actually is is the area that they're going to blow up it's the area with the natural gas reserve and later on we we learn that like these coordinates for it were leaked as quote-unquote safe haven because the hackers got in there and leaked premature intel and so the the military had to set up a perimeter on the edge to turn people away who'd been coming for salvation when that was going to be ground zero for all so fuck the hackers the blogosphere is a problem. Trust the military. What they wouldn't hurt us. We've got to like we should we should go to the guys with guns and fatigues. Um, yeah, I the, uh, there was a real neocon behind this one. Yeah, I which um I gotta say in this case um I'm blaming the military for a lot of the problems in this. Not because um I'm of my normal reasons for blaming the military, but sure. because I feel like in this case um. It's sort of like if you had a giant plate of cyanide and you're like, that's the plate of chocolate cake. Yeah. Like you don't call your spot you're going to blow up. In Bad the code word. Don't call it safe. Don't call it safe haven. Bad and then code certainly word. when you have the warning signs up, don't just have restricted signs. Be explicit. Be like mm-hmm. restricted. We are blowing this up to save the planet. Right. Yeah. You can take take people on guided tours to show them that they're, hey, you showed up. We're not going to take you off with guns. Just real quick. We're going to take you on a quick tour of the perimeter <laughs> to show you that we got no safe haven here. We're going to take you instead to the actual safe place. Yeah. And it's all good. Everything's cool. But instead, the military being was all like, oh, we're the military. And they caused a lot more problems than was necessary. 
there was no like it you know to the point of the kidnapper men there was no government there seemed to be no government effort at communication to let mm-hmm. people know what was going on and not that i like think that water wouldn't happen like certainly but this idea of like we should go we should trust the military we should trust the government it's like why they're not telling you what happened you think that this is a nuclear apocalypse you think it's something else entirely i like none of you have any apparently the news ran for some people for like the guy whose farm that they end up at and they end up taking his truck and also oh my god oh my when, god when we like our our two not scientist men end up at this farmstead and they're like we're gonna just steal this truck because we need to find daughter rachel and a guy comes out with a gun he's like you're gonna fucking steal everything like the last guys who came through here and then they're like then like we haven't i don't think we've seen who they're referencing and like dad just he's like do you know who that is and like <laughs> us, and we're like, we don't know what that means. He's like, do you know who that is? He's like, that was my wife. She got caught out in one of the storms. And we're like, oh, she's dead. So when he said that, mm-hmm. I thought he was referencing a grave he saw. Mm-mm. Like, do you know who th- do you know who that person is that is buried here? No. No. That's my wife. She got caught in a storm. And he says, like, I haven't had the will to bury her. So I was like, oh my God, there's a fucking body over there. Like shit. Just like this guy's dead wife is just like out next to his farm. And then we get, then we just get that like shot of a smoking charred skeleton <laughs> with like red clothing remnants yeah. still on it. it's like the smoking skeleton of his dead wife is what has just been sitting across his driveway how long is she smoldering for? Smoldering, and this guy's like, "Do you know who that is?" <laughs> and I we know now that he's pointing question. at a fucking skeleton. Yeah, it, it does. Like, it looks as if somebody painted the Home Depot twelve foot tall skeleton it, it just black and threw so, some shreds of and threw some shreds of flannel on it. Um, it is it's so, so fucking funny. It is such an incredible reveal when so we good. get that it is a scout no meat on its bones fully burned down to the structure only smoldering skeleton that yeah. he has just been looking at that he's just left outside it, 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 he was not ready, covered he's, even he's ready for halloween jordan even it's, in the apocalypse you still gotta you still gotta remember to celebrate the normal things and so he was like look my wife is dead i'm she devastated loved, she loved this time of year yeah we are talking about the holidays when we enter when we open this movie like daughter's yeah, like i want to go skiing for thanksgiving yeah so, like it's it could be around halloween yeah so uh, i would assume at this point that he's just like well you know lemons from lemonade I'm not even going to put a tarp over her. No. I'm just going to leave her. That would be disrespectful, Jordan. Crisp and She's, smoking. The smoking was really what got me. Because it, it, like, it was like added in digitally. Yeah. It was like, wow, you added that in. You had somebody in post make the skeleton smoke. Which incredible, is an amazing choice for so many reasons. It, incredible. That they're like, I, you know what? It, it's not haunting enough. We need more smoke. You know what a, a silly thing is about this movie is how none, a, almost none of the side characters are like the thing you think they're going to be. Like zany science friend. He's not zany science friend. He's just weird friend with no boundaries. Yeah. This guy, like you go to that farm, you meet that guy. He could be the guy who helps you. 
Or he, once he gets you down in his bunker, he's like, and now I'm going to wear your skin because mm-hmm. like my wife's a st- like the guy who leaves his wife is a smoking skeleton out across the driveway. He's the guy who's going to kill you for his food stores and put you <laughs> in his freezer while it still works. And then like this, the guy who goes with disaster wife, like who works yeah. with her at her company. And she's like, I have to go drive and find my fucking family. Like if I'm going to die, like I'm not going to spend my last days wondering if they're alive. Like, I've got to do something about this. He's like, you can't go. You can't go. I wouldn't be able to live myself if you left. I live with myself if you left. And it's like, oh, he's the guy who's in love with her at her job. Mm -hmm. Like, he gets her all to himself when she's here for these months at a time trips, apparently, to take her away from home. If they're not having an affair, he's, like, totally trying to work toward one. And then he's, like, he gets himself in the car. He's like, I'm going with you. I'm going on this trip. We're going to find your family. And then he really is just, like, platonic he's yeah. like he's like i don't have any family you're my family it's like you you're like her brother like what there were no vibes previously of brotherliness none, none. everything about him had was just that was some real levi and eve energy happening it in, was in every interaction so, it was like so he's he's not trying to to slide into her dms side guys like kidnapper guys are bad guys in the end, but for the most part are also just like right about the government not caring about you. Farm guy does not try to eat the two guys who are not scientists. <laughs> like everything, every character in this movie should be a different character, except for Rachel. Rachel's pretty much who she, exactly who she is. Yeah, Rachel is 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 exactly the that's disaster daughter, right? Yeah. 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 yeah disaster daughter is exactly what we like what you would think a teenage girl would be in the apocalypse. Yeah. yeah, it is. This movie is surprising in all the ways you wouldn't expect it to be. Surprising. Absolutely. And like, and then you throw into that, the timeline, mm-hmm. nuking a lake of natural gas that in no way will explode as large of as all the nukes you've hit it with the impossible geographical alignment of these three characters. Like it is the most happenstance for a movie that doesn't feel it doesn't feel like slipshod. It's like, no. oh my God, there's booms falling in the frame and like nobody's characters are different names. There's no clothing continuity. Like this movie, the way in which things in it just don't make sense that we were just talking about make you feel like this movie should be the room. So this movie I, should be a fucking Tommy Weasel spectacle. Yeah. And it's not. It's a down the line made for TV disaster movie. So here's my premise on this, which I realized by the time that the dad was saying shit about how uh, the dinosaurs died because the earth flipped on its axis. Yeah. Um, which he says it like that. So I always, it's fun sometimes to learn. I like to learn things from disaster movies. Mm-hmm. Like I didn't know that Paris had skyscrapers until this movie. <laughs> yeah. And then I was like, Paris doesn't have skyscrapers. And I Googled it and I was like, holy shit, that's the Paris skyline. I didn't know that. We never see the skyscrapers. They always hide them. We never do. Had no idea that Paris has skyscrapers. What the fuck? I never thought they did or didn't. But hearing that now is like, wow, I've literally never seen an image of like downtown Paris. Right. Like where commerce and business and people go to work in offices. Yeah. Wow. They that is the Paris Bureau Mm -hmm. is really out here working hard to make you think they don't have any buildings that were made after like 1900. 
Yeah, no, the Paris propaganda arm is strong, apparently, because wow. it took this, it took Earthfall to get me to action. Because when we see like a shot of Paris and we see the Eiffel Tower being hit by meteors, and then we see a bunch of skyscrapers being hit by meteors. And I was yeah. like, is that downtown San Francisco that they superimposed behind Paris for no good reason? But no, it is real. That exists. So I always like when I get a little moment of like, oh, didn't know that happened. Didn't know yeah. that existed. Didn't know Paris had skyscrapers. But the counterside to that is that then sometimes characters say something so absolutely fucking bananas. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, they said it with such confidence that has to be based in some sort of fact. I'm going to Google it. Yeah. Jordan, when he said there's some people that believe that's what killed off the dinosaurs, not a meteorite. And the, that in question is the Earth's axis tilting. Uh huh. That is not. That is not a thing that at that point in 2015 anyone had posited you couldn't that wasn't like a uh, a thing that came up in the google search where like well this community looked fascinating i mean that feels like that feels like it would just be true on the internet because everything's true on the internet so for it to not even be easily findable on the internet that's really a testament to how not how not a fucking person thinks about that yeah i i looked it up there was one article that came out in 2021 that suggested the earth might. So there's this thing called a uh, cosmic yo-yo. And basically the idea is that occasionally because of the earth's lift. So the outer crust of the earth, um, essentially like it sort of moves around like putty. And uh-huh. so sometimes the weight gets jacked up. And so maybe like the earth. So as a result, the earth, I think I'm explaining this right. So then the earth tilts more or less, um, which can cause, you know, which it, it, it is called true polar wandering. Oh, um, and yeah, it will change the orient. Like all of a sudden, something that's New York becomes oriented in Florida's because of how much it's tilting. Whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't read much about it because I was still trying to figure out. Like, but what about the dinosaurs? And so there's yeah. one article that suggested that the Earth might have experienced cosmic yo-yo tilt from like 81 to 70 something million years ago. Okay. Um, 76 million years ago. So, uh, still before the dinosaurs died. And I was like, I guess you could kind of hand wave that like maybe that, but that's still a few million years off. Uh And more importantly, that article had not come out until five years after, six years after this movie was released. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So no, this is not in any way, shape or form a thing that anyone thinks is responsible for the dinosaurs dying. And that man says it with the absolute confidence of somebody who has spent way too much time on the blogosphere. Of a QAnon conspiracy theorist. Yes, he says it, and the way it's delivered and when it's coming from the lead, it oftentimes, you're just like, well, that must be to some degree real. There must be, like- (laughs) To some degree. Like in the same way that like, no, the moon isn't a superstructure, but once they bring up that the moon has superstructures, you're like, oh, that's a thing some people believe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And instead, this movie had a thing that nobody believes, but delivered with absolute fact. And when that happened and I was like, that's not real, then I was like, what if this is a movie about a man who is really unremarkably stupid, just super average dude who thinks he's really smart. And once you start watching this movie being like, these are basically just really average to slightly unintelligent characters <laughs> who all are convinced they're very smart. Yeah. Whole movie works. N- the <clears> logic <throat> gaps, the decisions everyone makes, you're like, oh, those are the choices that a stupid person who thinks that they're smart would make. I'm on board now. I so- and also that this that the the wife wife geologist or at least person who strip mines the earth. Um yeah. uh, that she like located this gigantic reservoir. And it's like 
really nobody had found that. Mm-hmm. Nobody had found that. Like this is a, dis- it's not like it's, it's not like, oh, it's a movie where we discovered like a lake, an underwater lake, like in pockets of methane gas are sustaining the piranhas in the piranha 3D movies. Like, sure. At least that's a, that's like deep. Yeah. That's like, that's somewhere. We, like, But the idea that companies mining natural resources mm-hmm. had never found this unbelievably gargantuan store of natural gas was like, this is not a discovery. This is not a discovery. It's not hidden under a volcano. It's not in a trench in the sea. It's not like under a thing we already found. So we didn't realize it was there because we thought it was the other thing. It it's not, it's not a cat hiding under another cat, (laughs) which when two of my friends got their cat, they went to pick up the cat at the little foster place where he was staying. And that place had many cats. And they spent a half an hour looking for their cat. And they, they like, this family was like serious about its foster pets. It had like security cameras so they could monitor like, so like, they were like, let's go to the tapes. So they like, were like, oh my God, the cat got out. Like, we have to find out what point of egress he went out from. We have to find the cat. Looked at the tapes, couldn't find anything. Turns out, when they looked under the couch, they had already looked under and moved one cat. They found theirs underneath that cat. <laughs> they found Ash, baby darling, hiding under another cat. That's not even what this is. There was not a cat on top of this lake of methane hiding another cat. Yeah. It was just there. It was just there. She found it. It's fine. She. It's a magic thing. She found it. <laughs> it's a magic thing. It's a magic thing. It's a. It's. She saved it. It's okay. Yeah, they finally moved the right cat, and then they found <laughs> it. I mean, it's again. Yeah, this movie. I, I, the fact that the dad, when the dad is like trying to figure out what the numbers mean on the paper they found for safe haven. And it's very clearly coordinates. <laughs> it was like when and I then, looked at it, uh, when when we see the flyer for yeah. an instant with the 20 somethings and it was like, I was like, they're going to coordinates. It yeah. was like, oh, this is the name with coordinates. And when that guy's like, you guys aren't in the, neither of you have been in the military, have you? And Vince decides like to lie. He's like, yeah. No. And then no. shakes his head. It's like, you, none of you fucking guessed that that was a location. The teenage- you never watched a movie. The teenage friend guy figures out it's a location and and disaster dad has no idea that they're no. coordinates. And he's like acting as if this is some super secret code. And he's like, wow, they must not want anyone to know about it. It's like, yeah, if they put it in coordinates, which are pretty straightforward. Yeah. Like this isn't, you didn't have to, you didn't have to unwind the cipher. Yeah. To figure this out. A bunch but- of late, a bunch of late millennials found this. But that's why, for, again, this movie works really well if you're just like, this isn't a pretty dumb dude who's yeah. just bumbling his way through this movie. She must just have a really high-paying job, and she's, like, exacerbated. Well, she, she seems like she obviously does. And she's exacerbated with her fucking deadbeat husband. Yeah. Who just, like, is a not... He, he, when he says, like, to his friend, he says something about... His friend says something about, like, I'm going to buy all your books. He's like, you've never bought any of my books. I've given <laughs> you all of them. It's like, you have never gone past ebooks. You no. you are self publishing. I think this if man is you very are a much novelist. This is a twenty. This is the twenty twelve John Cusack novelist character. Yeah, for sure. This is you have 
you've never been published by a publisher. Your your family is embarrassed of you. <laughs> you are living off of your wife who does not even wish to come home for the holidays. Mm-hmm. And you're like, guys, it's 5 p.m. hangout time. Like, this is a total fucking loser. Oh, yeah. And also, I don't blame With her for not wanting to come home. With his weird friend. Of At all the Vince things has a personality. I wanted to know how he met Vince, why Vince, like why Vince is yeah. in his life. Everything. I wanted everything. Earliest. I want a Vince prequel. At the earliest, they they were college roommates. They maybe met each other in middle school. Like they, yeah. he, he, he thinks he's been dragging Vince around for all these years. When in reality, Vince is like the backbone of this friendship. Oh, for sure. Yeah, for this sure. is Uncle Vin- the. I loved. I fully loved any dynamic between Vince and the wife. That was funny. When yes. like she sees him and he like runs up to them both and she's like, Vince, hi, and gives him a hug. She, I thought you hated me. I do. It's <laughs> like, oh my God, that was, re- I rewound it. It's the perfect I moment. rewound it. And then when they realized that, once again, in the triangulation of their locations, Rachel has ended up in a shack outside the military compound where the kidnappers are keeping the girls and the mom and dad are obviously like, we've got to go get our daughter. Thank God there was a security camera on that shack for reasons we don't need. Yeah. And so they see in an overhead feed, Vince is like, is that Rachel? So they're like, we got to go save our daughter. Just give us a fucking Hummer. You're evacuating. This place is going to be nuked. Give us a Hummer. Let us go get our daughter. And when like, they're like, you know, they're at the moment, they're at moment of truth. They're going to get the car. And Vince is like, can I go? And the wife, no. And just runs <laughs> off. I was like, this is. Where was half of the movie spent with this Abbott and Costello duo of wife and Vince? They yeah. were, they had outstanding buddy comedy chemistry. I would have loved if we had gotten, if we had gotten her with Vince being like somehow was like that she had come home early to surprise her husband. Yeah. Her husband had accidentally gone up to go see her. They had crossed paths and now she was stuck with Vince. He's yeah. stuck with work husband. That would have, to me, been the movie I would have liked. That would have been so entertaining. Michelle Stafford clearly was fucking nailing the vibe. That guy was so committed to being Vince. I thought you hated me. I do. (laughs) And her reaction to seeing him alive is really that, like, huh, you made it. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Why not have bet on that? Yeah, I don't that beat all. Yeah. Oh, even in the apocalypse, I can't get rid of you. Yeah, like, oh, it's still Vince. Yeah. Hi. Like I wasn't like, rooting for you to die. So like I'm I'm glad that you're alive because you dying would have been sad, but I wish you weren't here. Exactly. That is exactly the I vibe wish you she were has. alive over there. <laughs> Can I come? No. No. Yeah, this movie had like a couple of really funny moments. It did. It, like that was one. Um, I enjoyed with like mysterious government guy. Yeah. I enjoyed every second he was on screen he because was he was in a totally different a movie meal out of it he was having a great time when they when we get the classic disaster movie trope scene of scientists explaining what's happened yep and he walks into the boardroom or whatever where disaster mom is and he just rolls a globe down the table and goes earth's on its side everything's fucked yeah <laughs> yeah gives no more explanation like he just straight up that like that is the most realistic depiction of a scientist trying to explain to a group of normal people what's happening because he just very clearly has been doing this demo all day to every group that right. survived. And he just hit the point where he's like, I'm not answering any more questions. 
I'm not explaining it anymore. Yep. And all anybody needs to know is Earth's (laughs) fucked. And so it was that. And then when the alarms are at the camp, yeah. And the alarms go off. (laughs) And he's just like, can more alarms? Do we really need alarms? Can't we all just assume that it's very bad all the time now and shut the alarms off? Yeah, he was absolutely right, too. What a great absolutely right. I just love that he's like, can't we just assume it's all bad all the time? Like, yeah, yeah like, you know we, what? You're we right. fucking know we're heading into the asteroid belt. Like, yeah. what is this alerting me to? <laughs> I just really enjoyed how much he just how much he was in a different movie, but the movie was one that was really fucking. Fun he was to watch. fed up. He, he was, was fed done. Up. He he was one day from retirement and now yeah. He's, yeah, now he's been pulled back into the job. Situation. It was very much I wasn't even supposed to be here today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When other when at the end when they get picked up by the helicopter, and the dad's like, "What made you change your What made you change your mind?" And he says, "Let's just say it was the right thing to do." And it's like, "Yeah, that's not a let's just say that's it's quite like, explicitly what it is. It is. It is in fact the right thing to yeah. do. It's like, like that's bit, yeah. what is that a metaphor for? Right? Like, what are like, you veiling yeah. by saying we didn't? There wasn't a moment earlier where they were like, "But it's the right thing to do." He just. That was just the first time that came up. Yeah. No, he, well, let's just say, yeah, we, we could just say, because it is in fact the right thing to do to not. It was like, it was a kickback to a joke that was cut, like yeah. it, to a, to a line that was cut because it was so like, it was so referential. It had to be something we already understood and we had no idea. Yeah. No, he was, he was referring to an in joke that nobody else was in on. <laughs> yeah. 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 Because he's fed up. He's, he was so done. He was actually, he was hoping that that nuke just took them all out. Cause he was like, I can't do 10 more days of this shit. I, I, I can't believe it's already been, I can't believe it's been 10 days. Why has it been 10 days? What's going on? <laughs> I wanted to get on this so much sooner. Oh, they made me wait 10 fucking they days. They made me wait 10 days just for dramatic purposes. He was ready to blow up the, to, to blow up that gas pocket on day two. Yeah, he was, he, he knew. Yeah. I do feel terrible for that poor friend at the end of the movie when they're all in the helicopter and the family is happily reuniting. They're and she's just sitting on the other side. each other and she's just next to Vince. Yeah. And she's just like, her dad is Vince now. Mm-hmm. That's just disaster rules. Yeah. She's she been inherited. Be, she's been adopted by Vince and her family is dead. It, she really, her, when she kept taking the water, I wanted to like punch her in the face. Like, listen, we're all fucking thirsty here, kiddo. Like, enough yeah. of your shit. But also like- well, why did they only have one canteen? And two, she's thirsty. She give her water. Yeah. <laughs> give you like water. sit, and we're gonna give you some water, and then you'll feel better. As opposed to what they kept doing, which was denying her water, yeah. and then it drives her to the point where she then spills it everywhere because yeah. she's dehydrated <laughs> and fighting over a canteen. If they had just like properly <laughs> allocated their resources to her, and very clearly been like. Mm, She's looking pretty jacked up and her lips are chapped and somehow she's more dehydrated than any of them. <laughs> yeah. Like, just give her the damn water. You guys aren't using it. I was I was so worried that she was going to die in the shack at the end. It was like, oh, one of those guys can't. She can't die by one of the, like, soon-to-be rapists. Like, that would be... And, like, of and it was so... It was so appropriate when dad comes sneaking into the shack yeah. With like the the militia and one guy's out front, one guy's like watching the girls inside and he's come in with a gun and the guy's very rightly like, you've never held a gun in your fucking life. You have no idea what you're doing. And then dad 
turns his head away completely from danger. So obviously he gets his ass fucking shot. I was so shocked when he of got shot. Of course he did. As he deserved. I mean, granted, it despite, despite having a huge squib pack, seems to just be a flesh wound. Yeah, it's by just, the, he's he's totally cool. But he deserved it. He deserved to get shot just for being fucking dumb in this movie. I was I was really hoping the daughter would get to pick up the gun and kill that guy. Um, but I did love that instead, uh, second guy from outside comes in and he's got dad at gunpoint. Mm-hmm. There's a skirmish. At least the daughter trips the bad guy, so he drops his gun. Dad picks up the gun. He's got a wounded shoulder. He's holding a gun on. And second guy comes in and he's like, he's drawn down on him. Dad's kind of in a bad position here. And then mom comes in and takes decisive fucking action and knocks him out with like a shovel. It's like yeah. at least somebody showed up in this shack with armed men prepared to do what was necessary. Yeah, dad, the minute that dad had the guy at gunpoint, you shoot the dude. Like, not not in a... You don't even have to kill him. Yeah, you just you have to mobilize disarm him. him. You're holding the guy at gunpoint, and he's like, just go for the shot. I mean, the guy's gonna shoot you one way or another. You might as well try. When he was like, when the guy was like, you, you don't even know how to hold that gun, and the dad's reaction is to hold the gun in a worse way. Yeah. It was like he goes this from feels double like handing it do. to one handing it like he's seen in the movies. Yeah, to just like holding it shakily out in front of it, it was like this is a hundred percent who you are. Like yeah. you're such a fucking idiot. I was waiting for him to be like for the guy to be like, you still don't know how to hold it, and then he would turn it sideways, like you know, <laughs> Hong Kong movie style. Yeah, just yeah. wow. The, I, his to the very it was so satisfying to the very end watching him be a moron yeah again this movie works really well if you just assume that this is a movie about a really average guy who thinks that this is his hero moment Mm -hmm. you know this is he thinks that this is when he's going to this is his main character movie and he's he is the main character but he's not having a main character moment in this no he's not no he's not oh and of course we should shout out uh old guy who runs the farm who turned out to be a a good man and they helped him bury his uh wife's skeleton yeah he has his go out uh on a high note moment when he's standing (laughs) in front of his wife's grave and a giant like fire cloud is rolling toward him and he gets his like come and get me you bastards moment shooting a shooting a cloud with a shotgun yeah. Shooting a fire cloud with a shotgun. It was it was it was great moments in American history moment there. Yeah. Yeah. He got his wandering earth moment. I'm glad that he got to just shoot directly into the cloud. Me too. Good for him. Yeah. You know, work through those emotions however you need to, sir. Yeah. So well, I'm glad that they're, you know, him and his wife's skeleton are together now. <laughs> Does that take us to what this movie was really about? Have we yeah. covered all of all of Earthfall? Yeah. This uh, this movie this movie is pro-government. Yeah. This movie is pro-military. Like, it it doesn't seem to be sure that the kidnappers, like, until they until they out themselves as, again, like, like mm-hmm. sex predators. Um, the things they say about the state and the government are true. Yeah. And, like, they, they are not here. They're in, in this moment of uh, societal collapse. They're not going to... You shouldn't rely as a foregone conclusion on them being here to rescue you or help you. But I think this movie is pro uh, that, you know, Hey man, we'll all band together. I love also in another inconsistency. The survivalist guys are like, fuck the government. They hate us. And then they're like, nobody nukes their own country. It's like, I think you have described a government exactly that would nuke its own country. So you're, you're not, you don't even have the courage of your convictions. Yeah. This movie, this movie is like a latent neoconservative, like a good old 
2000s conservative Dick Cheney style um, pro-government, pro-military movie, I think, Hmm. um, that really does think average guys are heroes. Because this this movie does think that dad's a hero. I don't think it thinks he's a jackass. And so this is a movie that believes. This movie says not all men. (laughs) This movie, this movie says, hey, it's not all men. Because look at this guy. Look at him. It's like, yeah, look at him. Look (laughs) at him. So, yeah, that's that's where I'm at with this one. Okay. All right. I like it. I like it. I um, I think this is a movie about empty nesters and empty nester fears. That makes sense. I think this is like, so, okay, the daughter's gone to college. Mm -hmm. The dad has, and the mom has gotten on board with this of not letting her spread her wings, not letting her live her life. They're upset that she's going off to a music festival. They are making her have these five o'clock calls every day, Mm -hmm. video calls. So she has to stop what she's doing. Like she can't just live her life. Yeah. They are not cutting the cord. No. And this movie proved like supports that decision by basically being like, look what happens when your family dissipates. Yeah. The earth gets flipped on its side and you have to go find each other. Yeah. Look what happens when you're on your own. Yeah. So I think this is a movie that is basically about like the fear that parents have of letting their kid go Mm -hmm. and the worst case scenario that they then unfold of, well, if if we let our child leave the leave the home, what will happen to our home? that then she will get taken by men she will get taken by men the family structure will dissipate the wife will no longer come home and make the turkey for thanksgiving that's right because if he cooks the turkey it's going to be tough like yeah like he tells us as if it's supposed to be charming and not a ringing endorsement for why the wife doesn't want to come home for thanksgiving absolutely Um, so she can come home from her job to go home to a job yeah to go to go cook him a turkey because otherwise he can't do it because he Um, he has to write his fake books right but yeah i think this is this is uh, this is really just about the real disaster is when your children leave the home and you're not ready. Mm -hmm. Um, And at the end they're reunited as a family unit and presumably the daughter will never leave them again due to trauma. Oh yeah. I would say that's a guarantee. She's going to become Vince and Vince is going to become the husband to both the daughter and her friend. There's it's going to be a plural marriage. (laughs) Oh God. Vince can't handle one woman, let alone two, but also like can't, all the college institutions are gone. Obviously, like nothing is remaining. So all there is left for the daughter is to be at home, which is truly what the parents ultimately want from this mm-hmm. and it's particularly the dad. So that is, I think, ultimately what Earthfall is about, is about the fears and the fantasies of empty nesters. I think that makes complete sense, which yeah. I think aligns with the pro I think so too. Pro the, the neocon sort of the like sta- the state wants to protect the family, and the state mm-hmm. has a very narrow vision of what yeah. that family is, and that is a man and his wife, his naturally born wife, mm-hmm. and his fucking bullshit Liberty University conceptualization of what what a home and family looks like. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I, I think, think our theses I- are working together. As they often are, you and I often go like big picture, little picture, internal, Mm -hmm. external. And it's yet again, I feel like we kind of have done, you've done like societal and I've done kind of on the family level. And so it's always really satisfying when we, when we Voltron our brains together like that. Yeah, totally. And then for fantasy casting, I don't know about you, but going off of the premise for me of this is a movie about like unremarkable average Uh brain people. Yeah. I decided what I want this movie to be if I were to remake it 
is I want it to be a Coen Brothers disaster movie. Oh, wow. Okay. So this is, I mean, like in the vein of, oh, brother, where art thou? Like, mm-hmm. I want this to be Coen Brothers tackling that genre. And, you know, just kind of thinking about Coen Brothers classic actors and Coen Brothers classic actors who currently have movies coming out about mm-hmm. spouses who have been separated trying to rescue their daughter. I'm going to just go with the Ticket to Paradise casting. And I'm making it George Clooney and Julia Roberts. I mean, that'll just be chemistry till the end of time. Exactly. And it's these two idiots who kind of a little bit don't want to be married to each other anymore, having to go save their daughter in a disaster. Mm-hmm. Coen Brothers style. That's what I, that's, that's how I'm, if, if you, if studio comes to me with a pitch, that's what I'm pitching. I like, this is like Terminator Dark Fate, man. Okay. Like, I, I actually, I'm, I like Michelle Stafford. I'm keeping her. I'm keeping <laughs> okay. Michelle Stafford. And I liked that actor. And I looked her up. She doesn't like, there's like inter, like there's stuff going on, but not like a ton going on. And I want more for her. So I'm keeping her here. I'm not taking this role from her. Okay. But like, I just saw him in something and remembered how much I loved him. I'm going to make dad Tomo Pennicott, uh, who, if you are, perhaps you remember him from the egregious television show Dollhouse. Uh, perhaps you oh. remember him if you were a Battlestar Galactica who fan. Who is he? Wait, who is he in Dollhouse? He's, I think, a, the cop. I think he's a no, big, big man. Not the, that's the other guy. Wait, no, sorry. Keep talking. I'm going to look him um, up now. And he, in, in Battlestar Galactica, he was Hilo. Uh, he. <gasps> oh, that guy. Big and strapping. And yeah. uh, to me, a picture of heroism. And I think he's a man that Michelle Stafford deserves. And I would trust him to scour the landscape to go find his child. He's yeah. going to, he's going to be like security contractor ex-military though like he's going to have all the survival skills in the landscape he's gonna know exactly what to fucking do out there this is gonna turn into like a tactical michael bay movie if we are gonna go if we are gonna go neoconservative if we are gonna go bring in the cooperation of the state to make this happen we're going michael bay and we're really doing it up honestly like having because i i forgot about tamo pennicott as like a person but yeah he yeah he, he's he's a, he's on the he's on the fringe yeah like i can't think of an actor better suited to go directly into dtv disaster oh, movies this guy should be in this shit all of the time like i'm i'm genuinely like, i just looked at his filmography because i was like he must be in things that were no like that is a man built to punch a very large animal in the face. Absolutely. And and like get punched in the face and not even feel it with that yeah. jaw. Like that that man should be starring in Cocaine Bear. Exactly. Exactly. I know. I want more of Tom O'Pennicott. Yeah. Oh no, he's what a he's a beautiful man with he's arms. He's so handsome. He Good is so Lord. handsome. Mm-hmm, I mm-hmm. yeah, I had completely forgotten. When you said his name, I thought it was Tom. I thought you said Tom and then O'Pennicott, like uh, apostrophe, yeah, which was confused because I've only ever like read his name and then obviously, you know, haven't he hasn't really been top of mind. But yeah, that is a man suited to be in these disaster movies. I think that's brilliant casting and good. Yeah. Get Michelle Stafford. Let her climb that like a koala bear on a eucalyptus tree. I uh, IMDb is telling me he is the son of former Yukon premier Anthony David John Pennicott. <laughs> Okay. Didn't know that the Yukon had premieres. I, yeah, I guess that's, I guess that's, is uh, that makes it the head of state, I guess. I, at least for that territory. Okay. Yeah. 
at least for that territory. So yeah, um, I like the son of the Yukon, Tomo Pennicut. Love it. Then you can get that tax write off by um, having it filmed in Vancouver or whatever. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Problem so yeah, solved. I think I, I I like where that's going. I like where this is going with this with this ensemble. I, I like that very much. I think that's a great, great combination you've got there. So then, you know, Jordan, where we're going back to next week. Well, we need to give this towering infernos. Oh God, I forgot. Which I'm yes. very excited about. Ooh, yeah. How many towering infernos are you giving it? It's not the right score. Mm-hmm. But out of a sense of delirium. Mm-hmm. And this movie's audacity to be wrong constantly i'm gonna i'm gonna give it a score i i won't stand by i'm gonna give it a four holy shit i know (laughs) i know it was so it bucked my almost every expectation Uh for who a character is and what they would do i'm not saying guys this movie is as good as the rating I just gave it. But I am saying there is something that distinguishes it yeah. for me in such a way that like to be so distinguished in my mind from a utterly formula based quadrant of these movies. I I can't get over the grenade under the C4. I can't get over the geography. I can't get over vince and wife like i yeah it's crazy it's crazy i don't defend it but i'm doing it yeah i mean i'm not mad at the score i'm just surprised um yeah, me too i was gonna go i was thinking like 3.5 for mine logical because logical. i had a great like this was a very enjoyable movie i had a good time i enjoyed watching it it didn't there was no character except for vince that i was like i'm into enough to get this a little higher yeah i might bump it up to a 3.75 just because as we're sitting here, I feel like this is going to be one of those movies that we go back and reference repeatedly as we're talking about other movies yes, going forward. Very. I think this movie, this movie's return yeah. is higher the more disaster movies you have watched. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. I think this that is this... like, it's almost like it, you will appreciate scary movie more if you watch horror movies, but you'll yeah. like it You at the time when it came out, you would find it funny if you didn't perhaps, but like, I don't think you should find scary movie funny now. Uh, but like, this is like, this is, feels like an inside joke movie for people who watch disaster movies. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like that assessment. Um, I, I, I agree. I think that this is a movie that subverts the genre in ways that I don't know that it thought it was doing. No, no, but it does it. And that's very, it's very entertaining and very satisfying as a result. Um, I would, this is, uh, this is when I would revisit, not necessarily like I wouldn't choose to watch this. Right. But if it happened to come on when I was channel surfing, yeah, it's a movie I would stick around and watch. Good, I would be like, disasters. I am watching until I get to the. I thought you hated me. I do. Yeah, like I'm sticking around for that line. Yeah, it's it was it was a surprisingly good time. Uh, yeah, unexpected choices throughout. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think three point seven five, and I do. I feel like this is gonna be one of those ones. The same way that like. We often reference, there's certain of these movies that we go back and we reference repeatedly, like Ming-Na Wen's, was it Superstorm or whatever? Where we Oh, this movie, by the way, guys, this movie has great throw yourself around in a truck acting. A lot of, lot of throw yourself around in the truck acting. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of Ming-Na Wen. Yeah. So this is, this is, I feel like this is going to end up being something that we revisit in our conversation. So at, for that, I have to give it a little bit higher of a score for that. I, yeah. What yeah. a, what a, what a twist unexpected yeah unexpected and 
So that was Earthfall. <laughs> that was Earthfall. But now I am really excited to say we're going back to 10,000 BC. Yeah, La Brea. La Brea episodes two and three will be our next episode. It so is good to be able to go back to La Brea. I'm just so excited. Like, I am so excited to watch more of it. This is having now been kind of fully gone into the world of, of binging. It yeah. is having to pace myself and being like, but I can't even if I wanted to watch more episodes. I love a weekly watch. Oh. I love it. I I did watch in advance episode two. Um, I've watched episode two already. And it was one of the first times with La Brea that I was like, wow, wait, I want to know what happens in episode three. Versus, wow. Versus being like, eh, we'll see what goes on with these crazy kids when I get right, to with these next. crazy kids. No, this was when I was like, no, you need to tell me more. I need more here. Oh, that's so, exciting. Yeah. I, I for better or for worse. So we got episodes two and three will be next week of La Brea. And of course, that is uh, aired on cable if you or network television if you have it and if yeah. not it can be found now on peacock um and jordan in the meantime where can we find you uh you can find me on twitter at jorcru j-o-r-c-r-u mm, you can find me on the feeling scene podcast where uh we'll have a very exciting friend of this show appearing on very soon <gasps> So, I'm excited for that. Yeah, stay stay abreast of that. And then the Otterion Pod, new episodes coming out. We just recently talked about Orphan First Kill and Piranha 3 Double D. Oh my god, you watched it. I love it. Isn't it great? I love it. It's I had so a great, great I I really enjoy uh Alexandra Aja's Piranha. I, I think this one's the this is my Piranha. Like yeah. I, I met Sam preface it to me because I hadn't seen it and he was like I think I might like this one better and I watched it I was like I like this one better I and I really enjoyed the first one so like the the D's Piranhas movies are we gotta get for me we gotta get Alex back to talk because like yeah he should close we should get him to close the loop on that yeah because it's I think he will particularly enjoy everything involved in a a Piranha 3 double D yes just a weird ass movie with piranhas in a water park. Love it. Yeah. As as Sam uh so put it so well, Friday the 13th, 2009 is like watching is like watching Girls Gone Wild, but par- watching Piranha 3 Double D is like watching OnlyFans. Like it feels like, hey, we're all in this. We're all we all signed on to this. We all consented yeah. in this one. Whereas there's the other no, there's like, no coercion here. Yeah, there's like voyeurism and creepy shit going on in the other one. And this one's like, no, no, no. I paid money for the only I paid money to the OnlyFans account to be here. <laughs> it's a great analogy. Yeah, he was he was really on it with that. I like that. I'm Amanda Smith says on Twitter, we are disaster underscore pod on Twitter. We're disastergirlspod at gmail.com. If you haven't already, please take a few seconds to rate and review us on all your streaming services. Yeah, man. Uh, especially, you know, the iTunes and the Spotify ratings help telling your friends, sharing us on Twitter. All of those things are super helpful to just spread the good word of disaster girls. And what a good word it is. Mm-hmm. And otherwise, we'll see you all back next week for more La Brea. Yes. Bye.